Good morning, Radiate Church. Listen, thank you so much for being with us today on July the 4th weekend. Whether you're in-house in Columbia, in-house in Florence, or if you're with us online today, it means so much to us that you're with us. I just want to say thank you. It's going to be an amazing, amazing day. As you've already found out, we have some gifts we're going to give you on the way out, some sparklers for you and your family to celebrate Independence Day and have some fun together. We're giving away a fireworks package. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't love fireworks? Everybody loves fireworks. But at this time, we've had some amazing worship. We've had some a lot of, a lot of laughs, some amazing fun. Here's the real. We're going to get down right now. We're going to jump into the Word. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to lean in. I want you to take some notes, get your notebook, get your pen, get your Bible out. Lean in. I've got five incredible communicators that are on stage today. And they're going to be answering the question, does God really still change lives today? Maybe you know about how he changed lives in the Old Testament, the New Testament, maybe even through your parents or grandparents. But the question is, does he still change lives today? Well, the truth is, yes, he does. You're going to hear from five incredible communicators on what that looks like in their life and what it can look like in your life. So I want you to lean in, take your notes, have a good time. Let's worship God through the word. It is going to be a phenomenal Sunday today. You picked the right day to be here. So let's go. Let's jump into the word. Let's have some fun. Thank you, Pastor Brandon, and good morning, everyone. Good morning to our Florence campus. My name is Erica, and we were all asked the question, does God still change lives today? And the answer is yes. Because he is active and he is moving today. If you don't believe me, I wouldn't be up here today. You see, 10 years ago, I'd still be in bed, not because I was tired, but because I was extremely hungover from the night before. My life 10 years ago consisted of parties, wild nights, and I did what I wanted when I wanted. You see, that was my identity. That's how I found purpose in my life. That's what I lived for. And God was no part of my life unless I was hanging over the toilet, vomiting. Yeah, some of you may be able to relate. God, I promise I'll never drink like this again. If you just take this hangover away, stop the throwing up, stop the pounding headache. I promise, God, I won't do this anymore. Well, you know, I was filling up so many empty promises to God but I was also filling up empty promises to my husband. They're going to show you a picture of our wedding day. Yeah. Not your traditional photo. It's exactly what you see. It's pouring down rain. I'm mortified and my husband's shocked. It was a fun wedding. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, this isn't just a photo in the photo album. This is definitely a symbol of the downpours that were going to come the next two years of our marriage. You see, um, when we got married, I still chose that lifestyle. I didn't want to live the life that my husband wanted me to live. I wanted to live the single girl weekend lifestyle. I dishonored my husband. I disrespected my husband. But guess what? He'd stick with me. I was a fun girl. Until one morning was very different. I got up, and Travis was sitting on the couch, and he looked at me. I could hear it, I could feel it in his body language, and I could see something was different. And he said these words to me, Erica, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. 
And so out of desperation, which 10 years ago, it's going to sound crazy coming out of my mouth now when I say, let's go to church. Everybody's like, she's going, she's going to church. But then I said to him, let's try church. And that's what we did. In October 2012, we walked into a school with about 20 people, about 50 brown metal chairs. And all the people in this school, which was church, hugged my neck, welcomed me, and were excited to see me. And you know what? I know it was only 20 people, but half those people knew what I did last night. Now tell me, that's Jesus. They met me where I was at. They didn't judge me, and I walked in, and it was pretty cool service. It was about pastor appreciation. I don't really know what all that meant yet, but that's what it was about. But there was something different about this church. There was something different about Radiate Church. We met the pastor, and he was running sound booth, which at the time was a table, and he ran to the stage. We met the wife who was leading worship, and that she would run and um, go teach the kids, and I remember meeting her and thinking, something's different about her. I just didn't know what it was yet. Then a couple Sundays later, Pastor Brandon taught on a series called Killing Kryptonite. So all my little Superman, I think that's what it is, um, people, you know what I'm talking about. But spiritually speaking, Kryptonite was the thing that was holding you back from who God was calling you to be. And one of the things that was holding me back was my sin. Pastor Brandon gave us a green stone, and he told us to hold it in the palm of our hand. And if we were ready to give our sin to God and be forgiven and be free of that sin, raise your hand. I don't even know if he said raise your hand yet, but I probably hit my husband on the forehead. But I was ready. Like, yes, that's me. And there was this tug and this pounding, and some of you feel it each Sunday. It was conviction. And I was ready to release that. And then Pastor Brandon led us into a prayer of giving our life to Jesus. And I thought to myself, how am I going to do this without this guy named Jesus? And so that day, I made the decision to follow Jesus and to give him my life. The crazy thing is, is my husband did too. And our eyes were closed. And we had no idea that we both decided to follow Jesus on the same morning. Now, don't get me wrong, we still had downpours, and we still had storms, but I'm going to tell you right now, God moved. When my wedding or my marriage was almost over, God moved. When I couldn't get pregnant for over three years, let me tell you, God moved. Our second pregnancy, baby girl, 14 weeks, we lost her, but you know what? God moved. When anxiety tried to steal my husband and the father of my three kids, our three kids, God moved. And when I was selfish, dishonoring, and disrespectful, God moved. And God can move in your life because he is active right now. There's another photo I want to show you. Here we are. This is our family. 12 years of marriage right here, and I'm going to tell you, that girl right there, that's not the same girl you saw in the first photo. That girl right there has changed, and God brought me to this scripture, and it's from Proverbs 31, 10 through 14. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. 
She chooses to bring good, not harm, all the days of her life. And that is who God is changing me into. This is who I am becoming. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have hard days because if you keep reading in the Proverbs, it says she also gets up before dawn and prepares her husband breakfast. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not there yet. All right. But I'm working on it because he changes lives. And you know he's working and ready to change yours as well. Or he has. Thank you so much. Up next, we have Mike Floyd with his testimony. Thanks again. Ooh, thank you, Erica. Hey, good morning, Radiate Church. Good morning, Radiate Church. Florence, uh, listen, I'm honored to get this opportunity to be up here and share a little bit of my story with you. I'm honored to, to share the stage with you guys as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right in here. Uh, about six or more years ago, very similar to, to Erica's story here, I was not living the best, the best life at all, but uh, a little different. I wasn't the best husband. I wasn't the best father. I, I was just not uh, who I needed to be, right? Um, and bless my wife, she prayed for me all the time, and I, I just kind of in one ear and out the other, you know, she's praying like, I just pray, he, you know, find Jesus and, and, and just become who I know you are and become who, who I know you can be. Uh, so then this year hit, uh, last year, sorry, 2021, and I'd been coming to Radiate for four, four more years at, by last year. Um, I was growing my faith, growing my relationship with God. I was served in multiple teams. I'd been in various life groups. I'd hosted life groups. I was doing, I, I was becoming who I knew God called me to be. I was, I was so much better of a, of a husband and a father. My marriage was amazing. My, my relationship with my kids was great. Um, and then, then last year, um, y'all gotta, give me a second. Um, my best friend, uh, my father, who's very healthy, he was a very healthy person, he got very sick. Um, and out of nowhere, you know, it, it, it hit us out of nowhere. And it, I spent so much time on my knees, y'all. I begged and I pleaded with God and I asked him to please heal my dad. This is my, this is my best friend. This is my, my kid's grandfather, you know. And, and I asked him and, and I was so worried that he wouldn't pull through. And uh, March 14th, 2021, uh, he was called home, and my life was changed for forever. And when I tell you it was changed for forever, I, I will never be the same. Um, so preparing for today, there, there's some scripture that kind of reminds me of how I was feeling, what I was going through. Ephesians 2, verses 12, 12 and 13 says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. So right here, Paul, Paul is writing to the Ephesians. He's given five negative aspects of what life without Jesus looks like, right? So right off the bat, we can see number one, he says separation and no relationship. Number two, there's no connections with people. Number three, you're not part of God's promises. Four, there's no hope. And five, you're without God in the world. Y'all, this was me five plus years ago, and then this was me again last year. Someone who, who was doing pretty good, I thought. Um, I, I was angry. I was very angry. I was emotional. I was questioning. Um, watching my kids go through this and watching my mom go through it uh, was one of the hardest things for me. And um, here I was. I was who Paul was writing about again. Um, I distanced myself from others. I pulled back from every relationship I had. I cut everybody off. I questioned God. I was angry. 
but then it hit me one day in talking to somebody, uh, one of our worship leaders here. Um, it's not our job to understand the plan, right? It's not our job to know the plan and to understand our plan. It's on us to trust that God has one. It's on us to trust that there is one. And I, I tell you, I, I had a choice to make because I was at a crossroads just last year. Like I, I could either continue to get worse and cut off everybody who was around me, or I could choose joy and I can, I can have the faith that I've been growing and, and I can put that in, into works. So I like to think of this, this here. It says, where there's God's grace, there's growth. And where there's growth, there's evidence of his working. This, this right here freed me so much um, because I, I sometimes think in preparing for this, I think about how would I have handled this five years ago had this happened to me? How would I, in my old habits and in my old ways and my old way of thinking, how, how, where would I be right now had this happened to me five years ago? And I'm telling you, I wouldn't be up here, I promise. Um, because there's one thing I can tell you is I never thought that I would be up on this stage worshiping like I was this morning. Like that, that song that I, I led this morning says, I was breathing, but I was not alive. Like that, that is me to, to a T, guys. I, got, I, I can't, and, and I can't express that enough, you know, and... I got to a point where I thought maybe I had wasted so much time, but I know being vulnerable the way I was and spending as much time on my knees talking to God and begging God, I didn't waste any of that time, guys. I didn't. I know that I was getting closer to God. I got closer to God than I ever have in my entire life. And I, I know, you know, it's like verse 13 says, I can go back, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And, you know, it's God's grace that, that gives us new life. Every day, every day, his mercies are new. And I'm telling you, this is, this is what I want to leave, leave off with. I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up a little bit. Um, I, I, I thought last year maybe God ran out of miracles, right? It's like, yeah, I remember sitting there thinking, like, maybe it's, it's after lunch and he's done and packed up, you know? Uh, God doesn't run out of miracles. I want everybody to know that. Sometimes we, as people, just run out of the faith to trust the process in general. And that, that right there has helped free me to where I am today. Um, that's where I'm going to leave you today, because uh, up next we have one of our very own Radiate staff members, Erin. She's going to share a powerful story with you as well. Um, and I'm always open to, to share more with you uh, anytime after this as well. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody, and good morning, Radiate Florence. I am so honored to be up here with you guys today, and I get to share with you just a brief fraction of how God has changed my life, because it really is just a small piece of the puzzle, but I want to take you back to 2018 with me, and at the time, I was working as a full-time nurse in the pediatric emergency department, and I loved it. I loved it there so much. But as you can imagine, working in the pediatric emergency department, we saw a lot of tragic and horrific things. You know, we took care of anything from fevers and colds to, you know, drownings to child abuse to trauma to, unfortunately, having to see a family lose a child. And so after about a year there and starting to witness some of these things on the latter end of the spectrum that I just told you, I started to have some very unpleasant thoughts and very unpleasant feelings. And what started off as fear or anxiety of what I might 
see in the next shift, what I might have to experience quickly turned into a more crippling anxiety. And I found myself crying the night before a shift. I found myself crying on the way to a shift. I would cry in the parking garage before I started a shift. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't coping well with anything. I was one of those people that kind of bottled up all of my feelings, and I didn't, I didn't want to show my weakness. So I came very emotionally disconnected from my husband, from my friends, and from my family. And I just became a shell of a person. I became really cold and callous on the outside, while on the inside I was very broken. And see, my faith started to get a little bit shaken at that time too, and I wasn't necessarily angry with God. I just had a lot of questions, you know, why? Why do these things happen? Why do I have to see this happen to so many families? And, sorry guys. <laughs> I realized that I couldn't do this alone anymore and that I had to rely on God and that God had to give me strength. I couldn't rely on my own strength or ability because I was running on empty. So I would cry out to him. I would cry out to him time and time again, just take these feelings, take this fear, give me strength to do what I need to do. And I just kept crying out, waiting for him to rescue me. And at the time, Jamie and I had been coming to Radiate for a few months. Um, it was the year that we started coming here. And I can't tell you to this day what we sang that morning, what the sermon was about, but I remember vividly Pastor Brandon felt that there were people in the room struggling with anxiety, and that was me. <laughs> and he asked if anybody in the room was struggling to raise your hand. And so I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me. I felt that fire in my chest, and I shot my hand up in the air. And Pastor Brandon prayed a very passionate prayer over us, and... I remember praying along with him and just asking God to unbind me, just to unbind me and release me from this. And y'all, I can't explain what happened next, but I just felt like a physical weight being lifted from me. And I just sobbed because I knew in that moment that I was free. And I just have to give all the glory to God for getting me through that season because looking back, I can see his fingerprints in every moment and how he helped carry me when I didn't have the strength to walk. And a lot of us do that. We all try to fight battles and overcome afflictions with our own strength. And the truth is we can't do it alone. We can't succeed alone when we are broken and weak. And Isaiah 41.10 tells us, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. And that is such a comfort to us because we know God's word does not come back void and that it is complete truth. And so he will strengthen us and he will help us. And I want you to know that after I was healed from that anxiety, I took a break from the ER to get healthy again. But can I tell you guys that a year later, I was called back to the ER in the middle of a COVID pandemic, and I was not afraid. I was not shaken. I did the job to the best of my ability. And y'all, staying healthy is an ongoing commitment, and I take my mental, spiritual, and physical health very seriously. But I want to tell you that the most important and most effective thing you can do to help you through times like that is spend time with God. Woo. It, don't rely on Sunday mornings. Don't rely on Sunday mornings to fill up on God, guys. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Be with him throughout the week. Worship with him. It sounds simple, but, y'all, so many of us neglect to make that a priority. And it's amazing what a few moments in his presence can do. So whatever trials or battles you may be facing, whether it's anxiety like me, whether it's depression, addiction, or a struggling marriage, 
Remember, God has a deep and steadfast love for you, and he cares about you no matter where you are. And so when you feel defeated and weak, remember this. He's with you. He will help you. He will give you strength. And I want to leave you with this thought. Give God your weakness, and he will give you his strength. And next up, we have the amazing Mike Bell. Great job. That was awesome. I feel like I don't need to go. Hey, uh, good morning. Um, uh, I'm sorry. My name is Mike Bell, and a quick shout-out to all of our locations today, including our Florence campus. Uh, I see you. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> does God change? Is, is God still changing lives today? Uh, does he move today? Is he making an impact today? I'd say without hesitation, yes. I mean, with everything I have in me, yes. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story, then we're going to keep it moving. Uh, like I told you before, my name is Mike Bell, and I am from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm from around these parts. Uh, <laughs> my parents are, uh, were big in ministry growing up, so that meant we were big in ministry, me and my brother growing up. So I was at church at least three times a day. PC, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, and out of that, at the end of high school, came really a calling. I felt like the Lord was calling me to full-time ministry. Um, and so from there, that stemmed into a, four, believe it or not, 14 years working full-time ministry at large churches all across the southeast and different states. And I was able to experience a lot of different things, um, be a part of a lot of great things that God was doing, um, pointing people to life in Jesus, a lot of life change. And it was awesome, I got to say. And so fast forward a little bit. We're in Wilmington. We're at an awesome church there, me and my wife. Well, we decided we want to move back home because we want to raise some kids. We want a family, and we felt like we would put down roots here. And so we, land, we, we, we get to Columbia, and we get moved in, and guess what I didn't have lined up? Guess what did not happen? I didn't have a full-time ministry job like the, like the previous years. It, it didn't line up. I've been praying about it, but it just didn't happen that way. And so that kind of threw me into this dark period of time where I was like, well, what's going on, Lord? And I started questioning them, and it was like, hey, have you benched me? Like you trying to, you want me to hang up my cleats? Like, wh where are you? I mean, do you still want to use me? Uh, are, you, are you still wanting to use me to change lives, what we're talking about today? Um, and that's kind of weird, but I felt like God ghosted me. And I just, you know, it was just, it was one of those things where it was just like a dark period of time and a question mark. So, um, you know, I came across this passage. It's John 14, 11, and 12. And it said this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It says, believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves, like miracles. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things, far greater things, some, some translations say, because I am going to the Father. And that was Jesus saying to his disciples, he's like, hey, y'all have witnessed all these miracles. We've been hanging out all this time, and it's been awesome. But I'm leaving and going to my Father. Y'all are going to be here, and you're going to do far greater things. But it's don't freak out. It's okay because you're going to be able to do far greater things because of my personal relationship with you. And I love what everybody has said so far. And I think um, Justin's going to bring it home here. But I, I love that message. That changed my whole perspective on life and what I was supposed to be doing. Because I may have thought I uh, felt I was called to ministry and big, large church organizations full time for the rest of my life. But that's what I thought. That's not necessarily what, what it says in this passage. It says, it, I think the Lord is, is telling us, and what he told me in that moment is lean into, lean into your personal relationship with me. Like, wh where, where's your walk with me? Where's your one-on-one -on -one with me? Are you praying? Are you spending time in the word? Are you, are you sitting with me? Because out of that comes the overflow in the, in the guiding and the path. And then he makes clear what your call is. 
And so that's what the Lord taught me in that time. And, and that's my challenge and my, and, and my encouragement to everybody today is if you feel insignificant, wherever may, you might work tomorrow or Tuesday, I know it's the fourth tomorrow, or if you, if, if you don't feel like the Lord can use you or influence you anymore uh, in your life, or, or you feel like you're done or you've been benched, that's not true. The Lord still is wanting, the Lord's still changing lives with or without us, but he does want to use us. And I think he's saying, hey, he's going to show you. He's going to keep showing you and putting you where and, and provide clarity, putting you where he wants you to be. But he's not going to show you unless you lean into your personal relationship with him. We can make up all day, you know, out of the out of the overflow of our heart, what we think the Lord is doing. But until we lean into him and are close to him and are walking with him, like seriously, he's not going to show us. It's, it's going to it's going to it might it might work out for a little bit. But it's, it's not going to, it's, it's going it, to, you're going to be confused at some point. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage y'all with that today. Um, you know, like, for example, I work at Goodwill. I'm a real estate agent as well. And just this last example, I have experienced far greater things, um, far greater opportunities that the Lord has given me in those environments than I ever experienced inside the walls of a church. Now, we did some great things, but the Lord has still demonstrated to me today that he changes lives. He still moves. He still wants to use us in big ways. We've just got to lean into him and let him. So that's my encouragement for y'all today. Um, I hope to meet and talk with every single one of y'all out in the lobby today. Um, and I'm going to introduce my buddy over here. He's going to close it out. I hope y'all, y'all get ready for this. Uh, I hope y'all are ready. Uh, y'all give it up for Justin Graham. Man, oh man, oh man. They did not save the best for last, that's for sure. They saved the blast for last. Good morning, Columbia, South Carolina. Good morning, my Florence people. Man, I love you guys. It's an honor to be here with all of you today. The question of the day is, does God really change lives today? Did you know the greatest tragedy of anyone's life is that God can be standing in their midst and them not even recognize it? I was that person. The bumper sticker scripture back in that day was John 3.16, as most of you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I understood the majority of that, but I kind of didn't really understand the eternal life thing. I was always questioning it. Fast forward to I've made a lot of wrong decisions in my life. I've made a lot of right decisions in my life. But the best decision I ever made was when I accepted Jesus in my life. Do me a favor, raise your hand if you feel like you had a rough pass or you have a story to tell. Don't leave me hanging because everybody in this room and in Florence should be raising their hand because we all have a story to tell. We all can change someone's life with where we've been and where we are now. Guys, I come from a broken home. I was once the king of cuss words, an alcoholic, a drug user, turned into a drug dealer, a pill popper, a porn user, you name it, I've done it. I would bounce from one addiction to the next. I had absolutely zero hope. I was building my life on things of this world that would always eventually come to a place and they would crash and burn. Thankfully enough, though, I had two men in my life that continued to be a stepping stone in my life, not a stumbling block. And I'm grateful that they allowed God to work through them for me in a mighty way. Finally, after many, many years of getting in trouble with the law and being arrested a lot, which I don't recommend, 
It's not comfortable. It's way more comfortable at home in your own bed. I gave this Jesus guy a try. I gave my life to the Lord and instantly my heart shifted in a unique way to where I would continue to try and do things that I was used to doing beforehand, but it didn't feel right. Come to find out, it was because I wasn't satisfying God and the Holy Spirit was holding me accountable. Fast forward to today, the Holy Spirit and I have a very love-hate relationship. <laughs> now, eight years later, another one of a million reasons on how good God is. My wife and I have been given the opportunity to plant a church in Florence, South Carolina called Radiate Church Florence Campus. I can't get off this stage without talking Florence stuff, though. It was an extension of life groups happening in Florence, South Carolina. For two and a half years, my wife and I partaked in a life group out of our home every other Sunday. Some Sundays we had one. Some Sundays we had 20, 30 people. But we maintained having hope. It was all because of what God was doing in us and through us and the pastoral staff here pouring into us, calling us up, not out, and helping equip and empower us to live out the life God intended. Guys, Sunday mornings in Florence know this. Lives are being changed each and every Sunday. Marriages are being restored. Families that did not have a church home now have a place they can call home. And best of all, children are spitting out Scripture left and right inside their homes. That's something we will always celebrate. It's because we had hope, though, from the beginning up till now, that we're where God wants us to be. Without hope, we have nothing. A lunch life group that we're going through now says this in our devotional. Did you know that the enemy's most effective tactics is to discourage us so much about our current circumstances that we do not hope anymore? Because if we lose hope, we will never have faith for anything. Hope is the fuel for our faith. Remember though, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 5, 17 I love this part because Jesus is telling the Jewish leaders how it is. He says, my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. So back to the question. Does God really change lives today? Sure he does. First and foremost, the obvious answer is I'm standing here with a microphone in my hand today. You're here in this room. You're here in Florence. Look at where you once were to where you are at now. And that's your answer. Yes, He changes lives. I'm going to ask all of you to please bow your head and close your eyes. I want to pray over us today. Today you've had the opportunity to hear five amazing testimonies on how God has worked and continuing to work in each and every one of us. The truth is, no matter who you are or where you are in life today, God wants to work in your life as well. As pastor says every week, he loves us right where we are. But good gosh, way too much to leave us there. The greatest decision you can ever make is handing your life over to God. 
And according to the Bible, all it takes is believing in the sacrifice of Jesus and accepting that life. If that is you today, and you say, you know what, I've heard some amazing testimonies. I've felt the need to follow this Jesus guy people talk about. I've seen how he's moved in other people's lives. Then right now, where you're sitting, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I ask for you just to slip your hand up. Slip your hand up right where you're at. We just want to slip a clipboard in your hand so we can walk life out with you because that's the way we do it here at Radiate Church. We love doing life together. Amen. Father God, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for what you've already done and all five of these testimonies. I want to thank you for what you're doing in these people's hearts today. Lord, we appreciate you. We appreciate the fact that you're a God of mercy and grace, forgiveness, that you love us right where we are, but way too much to leave us where we're at, that you've got a life planned for us, and it's a full life. And God, we're honored that we get to do life together in this house today and celebrate what you're doing in us. And everyone said, amen.